Who's my smash mouth? Um... <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Getting fired up. In this episode, we're going to talk about the stagnation stages of entrepreneurs. Sometimes there's these uh, there's these these logical places to get stuck, like trying to figure out what the idea of your business is going to be, or or maybe having a real horrible time with your business, having a real bad time with that idea, or sometimes just not getting any traction. Sometimes you feel you like fall out of love with these things. Um, so we we talk about a handful of these stages and give advice for each one. This is The Fizzle Show. These are conversations that every business builder, hacker, knitter, blogger, and creative entrepreneur should have. There's four of us on the show today. Uh, We're all the guys behind Fizzle.co. And here's an intro that a Fizzler wrote. She says, If this was an episode of The Big Bang Theory, Corbett would be Leonard, constant, true, and fortunate enough to be with a girl out of his league. Caleb would be Raj. Doesn't talk much unless he has some liquid courage, but strangely smooth with the ladies. And when he does speak up, watch out for the wash bomb. Barrett would be Howard, intelligent, charming, and ready for space travel at a moment's notice. And is it any surprise that Chase, that's me, would be Sheldon, zany, quirky, and the sideshow that most people come to see. He's not crazy. His mother had him tested. That one comes to us from Angela Moore. Thanks so much, Angela. Follow from home at fizzleshow.co slash 72. And also, there's a special note right at the end about this podcast that you've got to hear. At the end of the show, look for that. All right, let's get into it. Hello, my friends. I've never quite been so significantly past block single so there are many <laughs> more on the call than normal. There's exactly one more than normal. I would like to welcome you to the Namaste Hour once again for independent small business owners. Um, here, you know, on the show, what we do is we talk about our feelings and, uh, and, and such that that maybe at the end, towards the end, we have breakthrough, clarity. There's light on the inside as well as the out. And we can bring that through uh, not only in our to-do lists, but also in our hearts. I, of course, am Dibanaka. And I'd like to welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. Corbett Barr. <laughs> Who's the Mrs.? <laughs> now, I believe we all have a little bit of male and female energy. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'd like well, to always make sure that we invite both the female and the male part of each guest on the show. Well, thanks for having us. So it is a very privilege to me that we have to also bring to stage um, Mrs. and Mr. Caleb Wojcik. Why'd you have to switch it up like that? Why'd you have to go and do that? Because I do not want to give the impression impersonation that there might be one better than the other. And I don't believe in first. Title all nine th- and stuff. All things happen all the time. Gotcha. Every time in space that's not not ever do they not happen. And that's why sometimes I switch it up. Why are we podcasting before cocktail hour? And that is also a significant question. The third person I'd like to bring to stage besides myself is Barrett Brooks. Barrett, are you there? I'm here. I don't, I don't have two halves. No. He's all man. All man. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope to God this isn't like... I hope it's not offensive. I hope it's not live. 
We're not recording this, are we? It's definitely offensive. God dang it. Um, hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Yeah? You feeling yeah. good? We haven't podcasted in a while. I feel ru- rusty. Yeah, there's definitely a rust factor going on there. Um, but but it's good to be on the show again. I mean, I, you guys, uh, you're right, Corbett, in that, like, why haven't we been podcasting during cocktail hour? I don't know. You're the one that scheduled this. Well, but you I know, Barrett's on the East Coast, essentially, and not Atlanta. And now I'm just like, okay, well, we can't, we don't want him to stay up all late. Well, you're kind of screwing all of us because it's not his pot, his cocktail hour either. I yeah, guess it I just, kind of is. I mean, it would, it would be justifiable over here. It, yeah. I, well, well, that is because you are a gentleman of the South. <laughs> I do declare that is always time for cocktails here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's not my favorite. It's not my best voice. It's not your best. Um, there have been worse. Uh, there have been. So we've got Corbett, Caleb, Barrett, Chase Warden Reeves all on the show. Hey, uh, uh, Caleb, tell us what we do here on the show. What is the physical show? What do we do here? You want a real answer or what we're supposed to do? I want the real answer. <laughs> the real answer is we philander around a bunch of business topics. And philander doesn't that have isn't that philander. sexual? Isn't that, that a that sexual, is sexual thing? Wow! So we make business sexy. Philandering. Basically. It sounds naughty too. I don't a know. Philander I don't... is a kangaroo native to the Haru <laughs> Islands. So that's is what it, we do. Is it what? Djibouti? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, a verb that means of a man to readily or frequently enter into casual sexual relationships with women. Yep. You guys yep. are both Googling during the show. Yep. yep. Wait, you don't Google? I Google myself all the time. And now we're back to philandering. So I think you are onto something there with this, with this, but let's keep going. Caleb, this is a show where we philander uh, ourselves onto the, onto business topics. Where were you, where were you heading with that? We readily or frequently enter into casual business conversations with each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it They're is vaguely. A, They're vaguely. Oh, business. it's a naughty show. <laughs> yeah, I like this show because I believe in nothing. Yeah, it's a good Touch show. My monkey, love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one good show, you guys. Now is the time on Sparkets when we dance. <laughs> <laughs> Autobahn. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, that's there's auto. two of them. <laughs> that's auto. Um, okay, Hans uh, and Franz over here. So we <laughs> we're here to pump you up. So we we talk about. Uh, I, I guess sometimes I forget. You know, I do so many intros, and I love the intros. Uh, Fizzlers, Fizzle Show listeners, please honestly, we love getting your intros so much. When you say like we are, uh, if we were chocolates, Corbett would be this, Caleb would be this. Uh, there's so much fun, and I love those. And I think I've done so many of them now that I forget a little bit about what this show is but i landed on something recently when i was, I was doing like a little bit of or whatever a tagline or whatever somewhere and i was like uh conversations every entrepreneur should be having or, or should have or something like that and i like that i like that because this this that feels true to this thing doesn't it say that again the Co- like in the fizzle show conversations every entrepreneur should have uh yeah. just you know just like walking around like all like, so it's nothing and in, in, we're not gonna give you like the top 10 something something through like through you listen to every episode you're not gonna you know have the whole thing licked but what you're gonna know is uh i don't know you just i i, I was thinking more along the lines of moral support for emotionally damaged entrepreneurs <laughs> It's the shroud of Bandaid for entrepreneurs. And by, and, by, and by that, I mean we are the ones getting the moral support because mm-hmm. we're emotionally damaged. Exactly. Mostly me. Mostly it's our me. therapy session. 
It is. Uh, but to that end, like the, the people who listen to the show, uh, you guys are particular kinds of people and you're wonderful. I, I think because there's a lot of ways to do business out there and a lot of them are sleazy. Like a half of internet marketing that I, I never even was in this world, but I'm realizing it now is about like simply setting up a sales page so that they, you sell them a $2 book so that you send them then four more emails to get them to watch an, a, a video where at the bottom of the, of the, of the video is a one click like upsell to a two ninety nine product or something like that. But it's one like the, the every internet marketing douchebags out there trying to figure out how do I do it so they don't have to enter in their card, credit card information again. Like how do I store this and do X, Y, and Z? Because because that's a really good way to that that's like conversion something something. And then we all these old ladies are paying these ladies are paying two hundred ninety nine dollars and after they just spend a two dollar on a thing, it's perfect. Like half of internet marketing is about that. And uh obviously that's not what this place is for and that's not what you're like if you like like the show um and so to that end i want to uh uh I, anyways i just want to celebrate that 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 you're you're here and not and not some somewhere else i guess i don't know i felt like that needed to be said does it not need to be said uh i feel like we say it a lot i don't know why you would raise your voice at me corbett was bar I, was i yelling anger is the seed of the devil and when the devil puts the seed in you make baby devils that's true and I don't is that the the title for this episode and I would eat those babies if I believed in eating meat but no have you guys read the article by Leo Babauta from April of this year called hey yo Leo what's up man good blog post bro yeah thank you confidence in your business Uh, no it's a good one we'll put it in the show notes Mm. by that I mean I hope someone listening to this other than myself who does the show notes thing We'll make a note of it and put it in the show notes. Well, yeah, I guess I'll have to. I'll have, have to come back. <laughs> what are we going to do when that. Caleb's gone about show notes? How's that going to work? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen then. But it's going to be a blast, and we'll be together. So, just in case people aren't up to speed, we have what two more official episodes with Caleb Wojcik, and after that, they're yeah. all going to be unofficial. Yeah, Caleb is is. Unplugged. Sailing on. Caleb unplugged. Leb. B-sides. Leb. Unlugged. (laughs) The Leb. (laughs) Okay, so um, I want to get into... Oh, uh, before we do that, uh, before we get into the topic for today, now that we've uh, sufficiently lost most of our audience at this point, I'm sure. Now that we've gotten close to it, let's (laughs) tangent again. Uh, I do want to... Yeah, I want to rein back. And and because this is such a special show, uh, because you're a special person for listening to it, uh, because you're not a douchebag, I want you to to have a discount to get into Fizzle. So did we uh, did we land on on what we're gonna do, Corbett? Did we did we make some decisions? Did we? I don't know. I think I, was, I think we should I do you six weeks. Me. Well, because you're not mentioning my name in Slack, I, I don't get the notification. Uh, so uh, let's see, let's do uh, let's do six week for free for for okay. if for people for listeners of the show we want to give you six weeks for free uh to fizzle um we we think if you like this show you're really gonna like fizzle it's a community of entrepreneurs that won't let you quit plus a bunch of really professional training if you like these shows if you like the blog posts we do on the spark line it only gets better in there these are really 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 thoughtful well-considered um things that give you just the stuff you need and nothing more so you could actually get to work on the stuff. But really, it's the community. You get to ask a question. You get to pop into conversations. It's awesome. So we want to give you six weeks for free. It's for free. And so maybe what we'll do is, what, Fizzle Show? What, which, what's your favorite URL you've, you've come up with so far, Caleb, for this you've thought of? Let's do fizzleshow.co slash 
I don't know. I kind of like try, three-letter word. You know, fizzleshow.co slash try. Yeah. I like that, Corvette. You came up with that. All right. So let's do that. All right. Fizzleshow.co slash try. So you were listening, even though you didn't get... I Well, I was scrolled up to it. I scrolled up to it. Now I'm seeing it. All right, it. fine. Um, uh, Fizzle slash try. If you want to get six weeks of Fizzle, be our guest uh, for absolutely for free. Uh, come and kick the tires. Check it all out. It, you can cancel anytime, and we'll never bug you again. But we think because you're listening to the show, you might, you might like it. So without any further ado, let's jump into our topic of today, which actually comes from a Fizzler. Uh, someone who asked a question from actually literally from someone canceling their fizzle membership at the end we ask if they have a chance or if they have some time to to fill out a little survey tell us what, what's going on what are you thinking why are you quitting um and uh fizzler said this i was doing the 13 how to build a blog that matters uh that the, start a blog that matters is a, is a course that we have in fizzle it's a 13 week thing it was a very popular really big popular course that corbett had made beforehand and sold for i don't know 100 bucks or something right Five gazillion dollars. It was literally as that much money. And, yeah. uh, and so we brought it into Fizzle uh, as a, as a same, similar deal, 13-week course, updated a little bit. Uh, and so this guy was doing that and the, uh, the 30-day challenge. Another thing that we have uh, for Fizzle, now this one's actually absolutely free. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes for this show. Uh, there's a 30-day challenge, like build and launch your product in 30 days. It's a simple email series thing that says exactly what you need to do. And every couple of days, you're basically getting an email from a friend, from us, saying like, here's what I want you to do next. You have two days to do it. You know, and click the, you know, so it's, it's perfect for like actually just shipping a thing. And pe- tons of people have done it. Tons of people have launched their products on it. It's awesome. So this guy's saying, after I did those two things, which you'll find in the show notes for this episode, uh, I didn't really know exactly where to go next felt like there was almost too much info and i didn't really know what the next step was um so what i want to do on this show is just kind of talk through like okay what it made i feel for this guy because i i've been in stages like that before where i don't know if i have just done what i needed to do or if there's something else that i need to do uh is it working the way that it should do i have traction do i not so i picture all these stages and a handful of uh, maybe advice that we could we could bring to the table for like what are some next steps at some yeah. of those stages. And I, I think the difference here in in the way that this was described is, you know, we we all have plans and we all listen. Like if you listen to this show or anything else, we all have this plan in our mind and this understanding of how we're supposed to go about things. You know, we often say, you know, uh, choose a topic, start building an audience around it, find out what they like, put a product out in front of them. And on and on, and we sort of have this series of steps. But the issue is, what happens when you go through one of those steps, and the outcome is not exactly what you thought it should be, or opposite of what you thought it yeah. should be? You know, you put a product out, and no one responds at all. You don't make any sales. Um, what does that mean? And what do you do next? And I think that's the point at which it's really easy to feel lost. It's like, okay, well, I did all this stuff, and I don't have anything to show for it. So what next? And does that mean that you go back to the drawing board? Does it mean that you missed a step along the way? Like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So, uh, I, I mean, the first thing it makes me think of is is that stage after, like I imagine doing the Startup Blog That Matters course. And, and the first thing I thought of was uh, like doing that, getting to the end of it, and then going like, okay, so kind of having that sense that maybe you didn't even have the words for it, but like that there wasn't really any traction in the work that I have done. Like maybe I picked, this is just a bad idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And and then and you never really know. Is it like is it just a bad idea? Did I not execute it properly? Yeah. Did I not work hard enough? Is it have I just not given it enough time? Maybe it'll work out later in the future. It's it's a really hard place to be at. So let's think about that. Let's think think about uh, as, uh, someone in that situation uh, dealing with those kinds of things. What are some pieces of advice that we have for like things to do? Like what do you try next? Well, for me, I always uh, I use the the Einstein quote about doing the same thing over and over again and yet expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Mm. And so I think if you're at that point where you've been doing something and you feel like you've been putting in the effort, you know, you you kind of know if you're putting in enough effort or not, if you're just half-assing it yeah. or not. If you're not half-assing it and you feel like you've been putting in the effort and you've been doing the same thing over and over again and you're just waiting for like some break to happen, some somebody to discover you or yeah. something to happen and it's just not happening, then to me that's the point at which you need to try some radically different things. Um, so, for example, if you're blogging and you're not getting the results that you want, then probably you need to really shake up the topics that you're talking about, the headline, the style of headlines that you're writing, the length of the post, the frequency of the posting. Just try changing any variable that you possibly can. It's it's a lot like what we're doing right now with A/B testing on our site. So, you know, at the Fizzle.co site, we're testing out a bunch of different things to see what people re- respond to better. Yeah. And really, you just need to start throwing up a lot of different things against the wall to see what sticks. Um, and it's really kind of a trial and error process. And I think a lot of people get locked into this idea of. Um, well, you know, I, this is, this is what I set out to do. So I'm just going to keep doing it until it works Yeah. when really what they should be doing is, is trying a lot of different stuff. And the same is true for products. You know, to me, launching a product, that's just one step. It's not the, the ending step and it's not the, um, the big moment of truth. Although a lot of people build it up that way and they kind of get this feeling like, oh, I went through all this effort to release this product and I put it out there and nobody cared. Mm. So that means the whole idea is dumb. It could be just that the specific product or the problem that you're addressing isn't exactly right and you need to go back to the drawing board. And I think that's why a lot of times we encourage people not to think about just releasing one product, to think about, you know, what are the next four products that you're going to release and put your head down until those four products are released and see where you're at after that. Don't judge your entire success based on one launch. Yeah. So you're just, you're just, what you're doing is you're just making me a whole big ass list of things that I got to do next. Yeah. I think, I think it's really easy to, I think a lot of times when somebody says, I don't know what to do next, they're hoping that we're going to give them permission to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? There's nothing you can do here. You yeah. tried. Yeah. Go home, you know, and and really what we need to be saying is, no, there's a lot more work that you need to put in. And some people get lucky and some people, you know, spend three months working on something and they have a big breakthrough. Other people, it takes two years. And unfortunately, maybe you're one of those people, your idea, the way that you've approached it, it's going to take a whole lot of work to make it pay off. Um, and you need to look deep inside and decide whether or not it's worth all that effort. Or maybe at the end of the day, you just didn't really want to do this. You want to go back to your career or whatever. You you feel like you gave it a shot. You scratched that itch. You put three months of time into it, and it didn't work out, and now you're going to move on um, versus others who are just systematic and ruthless about it, and they know that they're going to have a breakthrough eventually. I think of um, John Corcoran, one of our Fizzle members. You know, It's like he is out there hustling every day to figure out how do I 
right for for certain sites and how do I create great content for those other sites and bring people back to my site and build up my own email list. And he's been at it for 18 months now and he's finally making traction and he's building a pretty impressive email list. Um, but I can see, you know, him the first few months after he tried what he's been, what he had been trying, I could see him saying, well, I did what you said. I wrote a guest post on another site and nobody, nobody signed up for my email list. So I don't know what to do next, you know? And the answers are really clear. I mean, our answers about what you should be doing don't change, but, um, I think people just don't realize how much effort might need to be involved. Yeah. I think it makes me think of, um, I don't know. I've, I've struggled so much for the last 10 years or learned so much just watching myself and then watching others and then being involved just in the blog world for like, you know, whatever, seven years now or something like that. And just going, uh, realizing all the ideas that I had early on and how self-centered they were and how I thought that even though I did the research and thought they were a good idea, um, uh, they like, it's so like, I look, you look back and you just go like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. How could you have mm-hmm. thought? I mean, like, can you not see how self-serving, self-interested, and all how like unvaluable that is to actually the group of people that might be searching or thinking about topics like this? You know what I mean? And so there's this there's this big balance between find, like writing about what I can write about right now, or what I have to write about, or feeling doing what feels right right now, and exploring those things, getting used to my voice. Um, trying to discover my voice and who I am and what I'm here to talk about. And and then the topic, the topic being like <clears throat> the thing that unites me with my audience around like, hey, we all want to know all of the facts and fiction about Star Wars or something like that. And this one Jawa in particular being the example that Merlin Mann gives, don't blog about Star Wars, blog about that one Jawa. Well, then sometimes, you know, we always hear this niche advice that's so counterintuitive. Niche meaning get more specific. Don't blog about Star Wars. No, blog about the one Jawa. Well, then nobody's going to, but like, the, the truth is, that's the only way, and it's the only way to, to, to make a splash in this big world uh, online at first. And so you do that for two years, and then all of a sudden you can start to be able to expand more and more and more because you have this. You have this uh, sort of area of expertise in some ways. I think you're really right about Corbett when you say, like, I think sometimes people look are looking for permission when they say, I don't know where to go next. Uh, or at least that there's stages where I myself have absolutely, like, sought permission to just give up or to... The dream is always that you share your idea with someone, whether it's a Seth Godin or some, you know, someone you look up to. Your dream is, like to set, share your idea for them to go, oh my God, that's a great idea or that's a really bad idea or what I would do is this or so give you some advice that, that all of a sudden solves solves the problem. But I hear business ideas every single day and I can't tell if they're good or bad. The audience who searches for those things has to be the thing that verifies if this idea is worthwhile or not. And so there's this other stage that I'm kind of getting to which... Uh, uh, or I guess maybe we can get into is about this like no traction uh, thing. We have no none of this, I guess, I don't know, like I'm blogging, I'm writing, I'm doing the thing, I'm sending the emails, I'm, I'm trying to generate the interest, I'm social mediating, I'm yada, 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 I'm doing the work. Um, there's two things that I see. One is like, it's a topic that really doesn't interest me in the end. Uh, and I think I've certainly been there. You, you personally as the entrepreneur? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? Like that's such a killer. That's such a, a deal breaker is to, to get to that point and go, Oh my God, I, I don't even, 
I actually don't even like this. I really hope this doesn't work. <laughs> but not at all like actually really being able to say that to yourself. You know, you know, there's that, that, uh, there's that time where you're still sort of like you're still too close to the honeymoon phase where you told your friends what you're going to do and you had to get all excited and ramped up about it. And you really were. And then in short order, it, it's like, oh, wait, never mind. I don't really like this very much. And now you're going to yeah. be the guy that's like, oh, that old thing. No, I, have, I gave up on that a while, a while ago. You know, it's a, it, it's always a bummer for me to kind of navigate that. But at the same time, once you know something, you really know it in, in certain situations like that. Has that ever happened to you, Carmen? Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm better at um, recognizing when I have ideas because as entrepreneurs, you always fall in love with ideas and it's really exciting to go through that, that whole idea in your mind. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's sort of like when you drive by the billboard for Powerball that says the jackpot is $90 million. And then for the next 10 minutes on your drive, yeah. you're fantasizing about how you're going to spend that money. As an entrepreneur, we come up with ideas and for the next three days or a couple of weeks or whatever, it's so easy to go through in your mind, like, how it's going to go, how successful it's going to be, how it's such a great idea. And for most of those ideas, um, it's really easy to find the holes in them. And then I think eventually what we do is we kind of, the pendulum swings in the other direction. And are like, oh, well, that's dumb because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, but my younger self would kind of embark on building out an idea before it was fully fleshed out and before I had gotten to that point where I talked myself out of it. And um, I would spend a couple of weeks on something and then it would kind of slowly fall apart as I realized I didn't really enjoy doing that work. And maybe that's okay. You know, maybe like having built a little bit of something and then realize that you don't really enjoy that work or that topic or whatever, maybe that's okay. Um, but now I'm just better at sort of seeing into the future and um, playing devil's advocate and thinking about, well, how am I going to feel about this a year from now? And how much am I going to actually enjoy this topic? Um, and I think you're right. That could be. That could be a little um, something behind why people don't get traction. Maybe they, yeah. they're they pursuing it because they feel like it's a great opportunity, but not something that they really, really care about um, or feel like is a cause that they can get behind. I don't know. What are, you, what are you hearing over there, Caleb? Yeah, I think that I've gone through this similar thing, too, where you just get so caught up in the idea of something without actually doing the work to see if it's actually something that you want but then there's also the flip side like you were talking about chase of okay i did all this stuff now i'm at a certain point and i've told so many people or i've done so much work that i don't want to give up and i think that that is something that's really really hard yeah to move on from and i've done that a few times and i think that i always drag my feet to figure out okay how would i actually make this change how do i tell people about it and you know people move on people might not even notice it just really depends on you making the decision yeah. to, you know, maybe change what you're writing about or stop doing something that you're doing or quit doing something or start doing something else. It's just a matter of internally, you just need to decide, okay, I'm going to move on. Yeah, I think that, that it's really, it's really tough to do because early on, because I'm just, I'm just transporting myself. I remember that. I remember being exactly the same point that this, this fizzler writing the email was at. And for me, what it looked like is, uh, I don't know, just having that idea and pursuing it. And it, it, Corbett, the billboard of the lottery billboard is such a great image uh, because you go like, oh my God, it's a potential. It's, it's like there's an option, like this could actually happen. And then as the reality sets in of what it looks like to actually win the lottery, you're like, oh, dude, no, never mind. I can't be about this. I can't be this guy. This is just, but, but then I've made my whole, like everybody knows it. I've told the people, I've done the things. And to have that shameless sort of like, oh yeah, I've learned better than and I'm going to move on from that now. 
It's so hard to do. But, uh, and also, and oftentimes, like, we're really quick to move on before, I mean, you know, like, the hardest thing in the world is not coming up with a great idea. It's sticking with a great idea when it's not easy. Right? Right. You know? Right. Yeah, and that's why you have to, you have to really believe in the thing. Um, because you know you're gonna you're gonna get through to these moments where it's like, oh, I put in all the work and I have no traction to show for it. Well, do you still really believe in this thing? Do you really believe that it's uh, worth your time? That it's going to have an impact on people? Yeah. That it's going to you know bring something valuable to the world? Uh, and if so, then you know most likely you just haven't figured out the right way to articulate it and to position it versus other things that are already in the market out yeah. there. Um. You know this. This stuff is tough, and and again, I think people um, probably give up too easily, and I think they get stuck in ruts for too long. So, you know, I think a lot of times when you feel like I didn't get traction, the answer is is basically either to keep going, to keep doing what I'm doing, or to quit altogether and move on to something else. But I think there's really the third the third option, the best option is if you still feel like it's worth a shot, then you need to recommit and you need to really shake things up and um, and try to approach it from fresh eyes and try to approach it with new momentum to make your own breakthrough happen you know they how they talk about um, luck is what it's like what happens at the opportunity of um, or at the uh, the intersection of opportunity and preparation mm. um, I think you have to kind of make your own luck happen by by putting yourself in enough different situations or putting your business in enough different situations to give it the full chance it has to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you have to do that really intelligently too, though. You know, you need to take a step back and, and take a look at what you've already done to this point. And if you're kind of flatlining or you're seeing no growth whatsoever, which is kind of the assumption we're operating on, then you've got to be able to ask some great questions of a mentor or a mastermind group or somebody that can help you see what reality looks like for your business and your efforts right now, and then make some educated hypotheses about what should I change? What should I try to change? And how much more time and how much more money and effort am I willing to put into this before I need to see results, before I can't take it anymore? And there can be a lot of factors that affect that, but you know, you can't just go at it flailing. You got to, I think, be a little bit strategic about how you make changes to try and affect the trajectory of it. Yeah, and I think I think that's why people listen to this show or why they're in Fizzle. They because they want to make the educated guess mm. and they know that by um, you know, learning from people who have done this before and by joining a community of other people who are trying to build, you know, similar businesses, that they have a better shot at making better use of their time, basically, so that they're not just flailing, so that they're headed in some some good direction. But eventually I'm kind of drawn back to that uh, Steve Jobs quote or video from, I don't know, we posted it a few weeks ago, the idea that all of the the rules of life were invented by someone no smarter than yeah. you are. And once you figure out that you can create your own rules, that's when you start making really interesting progress in life. And I think the same is true of business. You know, Fizzle and any community that you can be involved in, it's really training wheels to help you get moving in the right direction. But then eventually you have to realize that you have to be your own role model. You can't just follow and mimic other people. You have to start making up your own rules, and that means having the confidence to know that success in business is really just about trying a lot of different things. Yes, you need to have educated guesses, but it's really just about saying, 
hey, I built this thing. What do you guys think about it? No, that sucked. Okay, let me fix it a little bit. Okay, now what do you think yeah. about it? And you just have to do that over and over and over again until people are like, holy shit, that's really cool. I like that. Well, I think you're really cool, and I like that. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, let's talk about this stage. Um, like that, I feel for the, that person who's like, who realizes they don't actually love their topic. Uh, and, and so there's like, there's a whole, there's a stress of like telling your friends that you're not going to do that anymore. But beyond that, like, how do you find something that you actually do enjoy? Uh, I mean, what, what comes to mind for you guys? Well, and let's start out with this, um, just to say that success will make anything far sexier. So even if it's kind of a boring, uh, topic, if you're getting accolades and, um, praise and revenue and everything else, even though it's a somewhat boring topic, uh, that's going to make it, you know, far more tolerable, and and you might even find that you love it. And and I I don't believe that there's like one passion for everybody out there. I think that's what the problem with saying follow. But your I do. I do believe there's only of, one. There's a sacred path. It kind of it kind of builds it up in people's minds that they expect that they should find this incredible drive from. Within I have found that. Like, yes, that's every that, day for me. Gives them as much motivation as they need to push. What is motivation anything. except for just what lives in my life every day? Because I live out of my passion. That's true. That's true. Um, maybe since you're a sage, you can remind me what I was going to say. I was a sage when I was on the mountain. Now well, exactly. I am back with the people. So I am just a lover. So you were making a point, Corbett, that uh, yes, you want to be passionate, but having some degree of success also helps you be more passionate. And I would add to that too. What a ton of research says is that the better we become at something, the more expertise we build, the more passionate we become. And so there's this interesting inverse relationship too, where the more we embed ourselves into a topic or into a specific area of expertise, the more likely we are to become passionate about it over time. Right. And so, and so I think that the goal of finding your passion, whatever that means, is to choose something that you feel strongly about so that you have enough motivation early on to get to that level of expertise or that level of success where it becomes more exciting because anything becomes just a job eventually, right? Even, yeah. even for my wife, who's an artist, you know, it's like, that's her lifelong dream to be a professional artist. And now she is a professional artist and the professional part of doing something or just having done something for 20 years can take the fun out of it, even though it's something that you were really passionate about and she still is, but um, you have to get to that point where eventually you need some success kind of to sustain, you know, how much you care about that thing. I think we can burn out on anything. So don't, don't feel like, you know, there's one passion for you and once you find it, it's going to cure everything um, that, you know, might suck about building a business. And to your point about, uh, about uh, there's various, I mean, levels of, su- of success, right? Sometimes, like for me, when I was early on at Father Apprentice, all it took was a comment. A comment from someone that sounded like they they weren't an idiot, like they actually were, like you know, for lack of a better term, they had their ass on the line as well as I did, and they read a thing and they're like, "My goodness, this is so helpful," you know. And it doesn't have to be much; it just w- that little bit of of feedback over time started accumulating and becoming something really worth i don't know it, it started to create an energy of its own yeah an energy of its own that's why i always include the blog comments on my blog posts it makes energy in the world but i there's another thing as well when when people subscribe 
to the email list. I've talked about this a million times, but like here, every time someone subscribed to the email list at Father Apprentice, I would send them back a personal email because I couldn't afford to to do a paid for uh, Mailchimp, which would allow for me to be able to do um, <laughs> auto responders. So it was just man, it's just manual because <laughs> uh, you wouldn't pay for Mailchimp. Because I wouldn't pay I, for mail shit because they got you like 2,000 emails a month free. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to pay for this because that's, that's what my mindset was. Like I, was, I didn't have a hope in the world to make money on it's this It's funny thing. how many people we see inside the Fizzle forums talking about, oh, well, I'm getting close to that 2,000 mark in MailChimp and I really don't want to pay for it. Is there some way to get around it? Oh God, it's perfect. It's perfect. So, uh, but anyways, like when I, every time they'd, they'd email, I'd, I'd write a, an, a, uh, write them back a personal note, just and ask, saying, "Hey, thanks. Uh, quick question: What are you struggling with?" This is the old Derek Halpern trick. And when I started hearing, seeing the patterns in those responses, I started to get really, really confident in what the challenges these guys were having was and that in and of itself started to build this conviction and confidence in me that like that there's a need for my voice on this topic and that that is probably the most valuable thing that can happen to you because otherwise you're just flailing you're flailing and you're trying to think because we all start there we all start flailing trying stuff out don't know if it's going to work yada 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 and luckily i was writing for so long before i started publishing uh, on in just like blog post stuff even before i was putting things online. It was just always writing and always trying things and always putting stuff out there. So I was used to that, uh, that mix of like, I really wanted this to be good. It didn't get quite there, but some people still kind of liked it. You know, like, like that weird sort of like, I know I could be better and, and dealing with that all the way on up. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm curious, uh, um, from Barrett because yeah. Barrett, you kind of wrestled with, uh, with a project a while back just before you joined us where I, I think you, you felt like you were, getting to a, a point of traction a number of times, but then felt like, oh, wait, I'm not at that point. And so where was your head at and how did you kind of regroup and keep pressing on for as long as you did? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we had a bunch of kind of uh, starts and stops and challenges along the way. And I kind of think of it in three phases, but the first time we chose the wrong audience. Um, then we went off and we did some work to basically just generate cash flow because finance became our biggest challenge at that point. So then we raised money to make that not an issue anymore. So that was kind of how we handled it at one point. It was either quit or have somebody fund this so that we can keep going. And so there's that financial reality sometimes of being able to handle it. So then that, that gave us more runway to be able to say, okay, we made some mistakes last time. We chose the wrong audience that couldn't pay us. So what are we going to do based on that to change, you know, in the future? So what we chose to do was we both changed um, the way we were approaching the topic and we changed our audience. So instead of changing one variable, we changed two. And we said we were going to create an entire training site for young professionals, whereas before we were just teaching career search to college students. The irony is that we got back to another dip at the end of that process of trying to position for young professionals and realized that all we were missing was a different audience to begin with that young professionals wanted the career search tools because they had been at work long enough to understand that some jobs suck, right? Yeah, exactly. So now they had the actual need and they had money to pay us. And the great irony at that point was that we had done so much work to rebuild everything from the ground up, completely move away from career search, completely move away from students and then we came back around to the same topic for a different group, and I just ran out of energy. At mm-hmm. that point, I, I just didn't have it in me to start over again at that point. Yeah. 
boy, that's a that's a phase right there. Um, now here's now okay, it makes me think of 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 this other like sort of because there's this moment like I've had that sort of moment with fizzle even where it's like you re- you wake up and you realize you thought you were a lot further along than you actually are, and when you go and look exactly where you are on the board. Your expectations, your heart, your emotions, your the way you've been thinking about the business, it was like you were three years in the future from where you are now. Um, and it just feels like, oh my God, how how are we gonna survive? How am I gonna how am I gonna keep my my myself in this? You know, when it feels like it's just gonna be such a slog to get from here to there. And sometimes uh, the right answer I think I think that's where caring about the topic really comes mm-hmm. in. You know, that is where, where if you give a damn about what you're about, about, so like, there's this idea that I have about, um, uh, if you care more about your idea, about more, about the problem that you're, that you're, that you're trying to fix than you do about your own solution to the problem, than you do about your name next to your, your blog post about it, than you do about recognition from your team or peers. If you could William Wilberforce it, who, he's the guy that, that was the head of the abolitionist movement in, back in England. Um, if you will be William Wilberforce it, where you're just like, regardless of who the hell old Billy, Billy W is, you, this idea is important that there shouldn't be slaves. This idea is important that women should be able to vote. This idea is important that it's extremely hard to find a career that you really enjoy and, and there should be some good tools on that, on that journey, right? This idea is important. Uh, it's, you should have a good website and I'm going to design it for you. Whatever it is, right? You fall in love with that thing that's like, you're, this idea is important. This, that you realize that there's a mission behind this stuff. And then what, what sustained me through that moment, Barrett, was for me, it was, I, had, I know so many fizzlers and I have been a fizzler. I have been the person who, who was just sitting there thrashing wishing to God that one of my heroes would just look at me for a second and be like, hey, you're not far off, keep going. Right. You know, like that's all I wanted right, but, was permission to keep going. But you I think know? There's, a, there's a difference there. Um, and I think Barrett will tell you that he does care that much about the topic, even that he was pursuing in his other venture. It's actually, it overlaps a lot with Fizzle. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, there's getting to the point where you care enough about the people to keep you going um, and your financial reality is such that you can afford to keep going. So, you know, totally, us, yeah, there has to be that traction piece that says, well, this might actually work. Right, you know? right. So, and, and early on, you know, hopefully you have a runway of a year or two years or something where you can pursue that and try to just, you know, use caring about the problem enough that it can keep motivate, motivating you to move forward. Um, but eventually if you're up against the wall and you just have to make some money, then, you know, Hopefully, you still care about that problem, and it's a a long term commitment to solving it. But maybe you just yeah. have to move on to try to solve it in other ways that can you know earn you some income for a while until you can afford to take that risk again. And you know, I I, I know that uh, I feel really lucky that I had been able to save enough uh, just savings cash early in my career so that I had a few opportunities you know, to work at building a business. And that's why I'm self-employed today. But I know that if you try too early sometimes, or if you give up your source of income, you're really putting everything on the line. And you know what? You have one shot to do this. And if it doesn't work out, then 
um, you're going to have to tuck your tail between your legs and um, hope that a few years later or whatever, however long later, you can take another shot at it. But it really takes like regrouping and, and gathering more financial steam. Yeah, it does. All I can think what of is this? eight mile now. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking it's same like thing. a one shot. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, you know, it's dun, like, it's dun, like in a dun, video dun, game dun, where you, dun, 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 thanks dun, for the dun, background dun, dun, there. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like in a video game where you lose all your lives and, uh, you've got to take a break there for them to like rejuvenate. Right. And sometimes yeah. you just need to go find something else where you can learn some skills, be surrounded by some good people and recenter yourself on that topic that you do care about. Um, right. And for me, what that meant here was this is a different way of applying the same topic to a different group of people. That's all it changed for me. But sometimes you just got to take a break and you got to say, okay, I need to go, you know, get my coffers back filled up, learn a couple more skills that I didn't have this time around. And I'll jump back in once I'm, once I'm rejuvenated. And I, I like, um, I think it's Seth Godin is probably the, the biggest proponent of this idea of work. Um, I know Jonathan Fields has talked about it a lot recently as well. And that is that, um, why not see your career as just a series of projects instead of feeling the weight of, I have to do this for the next 40 years, or I have to find the one thing that I'm going to be successful at. Why not just see it as a bunch of experiments and a bunch of different projects? And, you know, eventually projects come to an end. And that's a relief when you get to end a project, um, whether it was a big success or maybe it, it um, fizzled out over time. Either yeah. way, uh, you get to close the doors on it and move on. And that's always a great feeling. I remember when I was, you know, in the, in the regular working career phase of my life, how great it felt to move on from one job to another, just because you got to leave all of the crap behind and kind of wipe the slate clean. And yeah, yeah. Um, being able to just forward every email that you didn't finish <laughs> is like, not my problem. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> not my circus, oh, no. not my monkeys. Now we know what to expect. <laughs> not that I have like a huge inbox, but I feel like at Boeing, there was just yeah. always more stuff than I could get done. And it was yeah. just like, all right, someone else is. Someone it's else true. Is. There is that exciting moment where, where, uh, and I don't, yeah, you're, you're, ba- you're bang on right about like, of course, of course, Barrett cared about the living for Monday crowd and the, this, that, and the other. Uh, and Corbett, what it sounded like is, there, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were saying like, there has to be this traction thing as well, whatever we call that, you know, revenue, some sort of realistic opportunity, and you're getting the feedback of that thing. Uh, so these these two things, but then there's that there's that really exciting moment when you switch gears and go to the new thing, and whatever that may be, like uh, like there's that fear that there's a total fear, like oh my god, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then once you kind of start to land into something, there's that celebration of yeah, like I don't I don't have to deal with these emails anymore, or I don't have this same sort of fear, uncertainty, and doubt and trauma that I was having over there. Um, but then there's also this danger of like, cause that's ad- actually addictive. That, that's like really addictive, that, that feeling, you know, just like, just like, uh, uh, I don't know, I've, I've got this thing going through my head now where it's like, you know, I, I'm starting to, to come to terms with the fact that I, I, I have some sort of mental thing going, some sort of depression seasonally that, that kind of comes on. And, um, and I'm, you know, in my head, it's like you can't go on the depression meds because then your brain stops making all those chemicals naturally. Just like you can't, if you have problems sleeping, you can't take melatonin because, because then you're like going to stop taking. Your brain's gonna stop making that stuff, and you need that. And, and this isn't natural. This isn't natural. This isn't natural. Who are you naturally? Who are you naturally? Who are you naturally? And I find like as I like the deeper like the, if I'm in like a depressed sort of season, like I just the only thing I can do for exercise is just run. And the only thing I can, that's exciting about running is just running longer and longer distances every single time, right? So I'm wondering, how, how unnatural is that 
for my for my body and my brain and how unnatural is it to get a like how likely am i to get addicted to running longer and longer and longer distances and is this wouldn't it not have been just better to take the melatonin pill every now and again (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and i and Uh, and i i think there's a as far as entrepreneurship goes you have to evaluate like sort of where your head's at and how that's influencing how you feel about your business and sometimes you can feel like you know one moment you're on top of the world and it's going to be all okay and then the next moment you can kind of feel like you know everything's doomed and you're kind of dumb for even even trying and the reality of your business is probably neither of those it's somewhere in between and it's probably always somewhere in between and yet your mental state allows you to feel those extremes about how well, well you're doing and and I think you can make decisions at those points that aren't so smart. Um, and so, you know, I think being an adult about realizing that you have different moods and different mental states and, and realizing that, that relates to your business in certain ways, that is a maturity as an entrepreneur that takes yeah. some people a long time to get to. Yeah. I, and, and, and we wrote that, I'll, I'll link to that article in the, in the show notes, the, uh, the one I wrote on sort of depression, anxiety and entrepreneurship, because, uh, you're bang on, and it, it feels good to think that uh, that that's a mature maturity, um, but it certainly is an absolute. It, for I, I mean, maybe there are some people who don't ping pong like that because the way you just said that's really good, Corbett. The like one moment you're on top of the world, the next minute everything's doomed. Uh, when the reality, the truth is, you're somewhere in between the two. But for some reason, <laughs> our brain chemistry is such that like we are only allowed to feel one of those two. <laughs> You know, yep. it's like this necessary delusion, which, which helps us, you know, steam through all of the, all of the obstacles and roadblocks in our way. Um, all of the, you know, the, the impossibility of this idea, this, this necessary delusion allows us to believe we can do it. But that's also, it's, it's like manic depression where that mania is the thing that's causing the depression. You know, that, that positivity and optimism is the thing that's causing the huge swing and the other. They're, they're just, they're just, they're the same little beast inside who's an idiot going back and forth and unfortunately has too much sway on a lot of our brains, I think. Um, yeah. And I feel, and I feel like, um, you know, for, for most people, their adult lives are pretty stable. You work a career, you know, you have a long term, uh, partner or spouse or whatever. And, uh, you know, your life doesn't change a whole lot. Whereas for entrepreneurs, you know, you end up having these emotional swings that you probably haven't felt since you were in middle school or high school or something. Yeah. And you were just yeah. this ball of emotions. And, you know, you would feel those swings from high to low based on, you know, you had a new girlfriend or something or, or you yeah. made the baseball team or whatever. Um, and, uh, and you don't have those for a long time after you get out of school and you get older and you've kind of settled in and then you become an entrepreneur and here it comes again. And I think you forget how much your emotions can control you. Um, but hopefully now, you know, as an adult, you have the tools to kind of recognize it and see it from the outside. Um, yeah. because we all have it. They, um, even, even big entrepreneurs like, um, you know, Mark Andreessen and, and Mark Cuban and other people like that, they talk about this emotional roller coaster that you have as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of uh, the other day we were having our team meeting and Corbett, you had put to, put together one of your fancy graphs related to some <laughs> metric we were tracking. But, you know, so many graphs. If, if you hadn't drawn the trend line, it would have been very hard to tell what has it looked like over time. And especially in the moments where one week we'd be way down on that metric and another week we'd be way up. And without that trend line in the middle, it's really hard to tell what, what it even means to make sense of any of it. Yeah, And so I think yep. what you're looking for over time is a trend line that's generally pointing up 
and pointing to growth in skills, growth in traction, growth in revenue, whatever it might be that you're tracking related to your efforts, that that's what you want to see. And that's what you want to ground yourself in. Damn it, you guys, yeah, we need that, to, yeah. we got to re, we, we have to rename the spark line to the trend line. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Cause the sparks are the problem. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, as an entrepreneur, all you see is what's in front of your face. Who wrote yeah. me an email today and did that email yeah. say that they think I'm the greatest ever or they think that my product's a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. But if your and, line's always made of sparks, it'll be even higher. Yeah. Well, if your line's always made of sparks, everything, everything's a little bit glittery. Like everything at least, it, but you're also, you're also real close to causing a fire. Like there's going to be, something's going to catch fire and, and you're going to burn everything up. Like now you're reminding me of Smash Mouth. <laughs> the band? But just, yeah. You mean Shrek? Everything that glitters is gold. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. Oh, I ain't the smartest tool in the shed. Fucking <laughs> idiots. Is that your Goo Goo Dolls, Barrett? I think you just revealed something. Oh, he just revealed his iris is Smash Mouth. <laughs> it reminds me of Little Caleb. League Baseball. And I like I don't even have to clarify what song. Oh, it's God. like with Google Doll, there's like nine nine massive hits there's that it could song. be like which there's one was one it? Song. With Smash Mouth, it's just like it's Smash Mouth. There's only the one. Exactly Caleb, one. who's your Smash Mouth? Who's my Smash Mouth? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't even say it. I'm gonna smash we can all just get smashed in the mouth smash and then mouth. try to say who's the Smash, smash Mouth. mouth. But, I mean, uh, they had multiple songs. They had "Walking on the Sun." Oh no! I'm a believer. <laughs> no, I'm not getting those. I don't know any of those. Oh, no. I think Caleb's a real big Seal fan. Oh no! I bet. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, I want. I want to hear from you guys. Who you think my oh, Smash Mouth is? No. I think it might. Be, yours might be um, crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I think. I think his might be. Um, Sugar Ray, that band that Mark. Oh yeah, 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 that's the other. That yes. goes, it goes, it goes hand in hand with Smash Mouth. There was such a bad time for music <laughs> in the late '90s, early 2000s when I feel like everybody was lost. No, but we all are still a little bit here, and yeah, yeah, it's true. Some bad stuff. <laughs> I was gonna try to put on Seals Crazy in the background, but I just don't even know how to without crazy. like losing losing my shit. Because how does the, how does the like the chorus go? With that guy full of people, there's got to be oh, someone song, yeah. to fly. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> crazy. Just, yeah. uh, no, we're never going to survive. There it is. Unless we, go a we are a little crazy. crazy. Oh, I'm sorry, audience. I initiated oh, karaoke hour. Thank you. Appreciate that. I've been... Kissed by the rose. I feel like you've on. probably done that one for. <laughs> oh, the more I get to you, the stranger it feels. Yeah, yeah. Now that your rose is in bloom. Wasn't that song See, in a Batman I'm, movie? Of course. I think that was what made it great. I'm really, yeah. I'm, I'm really surprised about two things here. I'm on RDO. Um, the first is that I'm surprised to find Seal in the catalog on RDO. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I thought he would be one of those guys that psych- saw himself. Like as him like and Lars Ulrich are in the corner yeah. going like, no way, man. Exactly. Not me. I'm not doing it. The second <laughs> thing I'm surprised to see is that Chase Reeves' little photo is next to Seal's greatest hits. It looks <laughs> oh, like yeah, he's listen to this. <laughs> At no, I recently. like Seal's a huge. Uh, like Seal's like a, a real big uh, guilty pleasure for me, and my wife really loves phys- uh, Seal as well. So uh, yeah, we're kind of a Seal family, mm-hmm. you know. 
mm-hmm. I guess. Sure. And I really wish that Crazy was a better song to do karaoke, but the basically the second half of the song is all like these weird, like, like just like in incidental bits yeah it's, it's real tough real tough <laughs> so guys if this episode were a trend line the beginning would have been a very low point with the indian accent i don't the middle would have been a high point where we actually were on topic and this would be the lowest of the low points <laughs> so you'd, you'd be multiple be trend lines though yeah. yeah that's funny because in terms of enjoyment like now is the top and the beginning is the top <laughs> so it's funny the way that those things flip those things flip like other people liking us and us liking doing it <laughs> are exactly <laughs> inverse of one another we got to figure out a balance this the truth is we end up hearing the most loud feedback from people when we do like crazy negroni casts and stuff when when everything's just we need just a negroni ma- cast ma- maybe tomorrow Dude, yeah. Well, in October we're all going to be in the same spot. So I'm, I'm thinking there's, I'm thinking Barrett's coming away with that with a booze problem. Oh God, <laughs> uh, again. Um, yeah, okay, had, so listen. I'm trying to think through the stages that we've really kind of covered. I know we've talked about um, that stage where you like don't really have the traction. Uh, it, it, I, the question that the Fizzler asked kind of made me think we'd go one way and we kind of went another and I'm, and I'm, I'm good with it. We had a couple stages come up. One was like no traction or, or traction. So you end, you do like a course or you do some sort of thing or you'd say, I'm going to do 30 days of this or that or the other. Uh, and then you end it and go like, okay, I'm done. I've done that thing. Now I had, I had a real, a real hard and fast, a real delimited, uh, sort of, uh, thing that I said I was going to do. Now I finished that thing. Now my question is, uh, what next? Like, it, did I do enough? Was it good? Do I keep going with this? I just wanted to validate if this idea was right or not, or I thought this was going to be the next big thing, and now I'm not sure. Um, and so we talked about that stage. Mostly, I guess, I'm trying to... to it, what stands out is, like, bringing up John Corcoran, Corcoran uh, saying that, like, well, he just he just kept hustling. You know, and that's definitely the case for me. For me, I had a little bit of what was essential to the hustle was getting little pieces of feedback. Father, Father Apprentice, because the, the content was emotional, I would get a lot of emails or comments, not not at first, but eventually, that just kind of helped me keep going. Like, helped me go like, yeah, this is worth setting up my studio in the in the garage and yeah. and you know, doing all this and, work and that, that it takes to do and, this and stuff. And that's important because that that's, you have to figure out what you're going to measure and what yeah. you're going to um, allow um, to to shape your opinion of your business and yeah. metrics do that and so you have to be really careful about what you measure <clears throat> and when when the top line metrics the revenue and the audience growth and all that kind of stuff aren't there what are proxies for that what what things can you look at to say I know that I'm doing a good job because of X Y and Z and a lot yeah. of times that's the the qualitative stuff the comments. The emails, the conversations that you have with people you respect about your work and how they feel about it. And sometimes you have to trust that, you know, because, yeah. because it, it can take a while for you to figure out how to frame it, how to position it, how to differentiate it from everything else that's out there. It doesn't mean that it's not great work. It might just not be rising above the level of noise, or it might just not quite be your time yet. Um, you might be smash mouth and, um, you have to wait for 20 more years until you get rediscovered on the Shrek soundtrack. Exactly. And I think the thing for John that makes him a great example is that he probably went through that stage, but then he saw an inflection point somewhere along the way where it started to turn into hard metrics. And so his trend line pointed up at that point and he knew that if he did more of what he was doing of some of the things he was doing, it would continue to compound over time. And now he's seeing that 
pay off in a big way. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So it sounds like we covered the ones that I have listed here are like we covered the what I when I don't have traction this that stage. What 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 do I do next? We'd also talked about when you're not in love, when you realize that you actually don't love this topic or this idea very much, and you're like you have this decision on like is that just because I'm in a low point or is that because this is time to move on to the next thing? And then finally, uh, if it is just like a low point and you have to work through the hard stuff, what 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 do we do? Then those are the three we really kind of covered. And I really like, <laughs> there's two images that have come out of this that I absolutely love. One is the billboard of a lottery as the idea for the entrepreneur. Just going like, you see that and you go like, oh man, that feeling versus like 25 lotto cards in going like, no, this is actually not really going to happen, is it? Uh, and then the other one being the trend line. I think that really is a powerful image being like, because it just makes so much sense. Like we had however many podcast downloads last week. Well, if, if, if today doesn't look like it's on the same trend as that, I go, Oh no, ah, ah, oh God, what's wrong? You know what I mean? And that's why you have to, you slowly get used to just seeing like, well, it does what it wants to do and we do the work. And that's why we're constantly as creatives, uh, we're bouncing back and forth between this. We have to convince ourselves that it's all about just doing the work. There's this great post that we have on the spark line called Love the Effort divorced from the results. Uh, the title of it was this, uh, there is no that. And the point of it being, it's a great, great little piece. I'll put it in the show notes um, about like, lo- you have to learn uh, to love the effort we're divorced of the results, but you can only do that for so long. Uh, you, there has to be that feedback of the results. And then you kind of have to go back into that phase. Cause if you stay in too much in one or the other of them, you're, you're screwed. Because you're either too publisher focused and not actually writing any true stuff, you're just more cat pics and, and and things like that, or 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 nudie celeb pics or something, like that. or you're way too writery type and nobody gets to hear your your amazing things that could change the world because you don't know how to do what needs to be done to get that out in front of people. So I just find this to be like this incredibly hard balance um, in my in my own life, and I, and I know you guys feel the same. So I guess. Uh, in summary, for me, I, I, I guess there's no like real quick way to summar- summarize this. What this is I'll, is actually a, I'll give it you my go? shot. I'll give yeah, it my shot. Go? And 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 this isn't um, trying to be rude to anybody out there because this is what I tell myself: um, quit your complaining, stop feeling bad for yourself, and do the damn work that you know you need to do. Mm, quit your complaining. Stop feeling bad for yourself and do the damn work. Can you do that in like a mom voice when you haven't done your homework? <laughs> Yeah. Do it. Do it. Can I? Yeah. Caleb, you need to quit your complaining. Um, you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself and just do the damn work that you know you need to do. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why Caleb's mom isn't more of like a she's she seems like a nice lady. I don't know why she's yelling all the time. Caleb is your home life very safe? Do you feel okay? Cacao. <laughs> oh, it's not a safe, yeah. not a safe topic. <laughs> Cacao. Oh man, that's skit when oh, they do the watch bomb right the there. voices. Yeah, it's a watch bomb. Eat them up while you can, folks. Yeah. Man, goodness gracious. You're on a All right, page. I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Blah. I've been Caleb Logic. I've been Barrett Brooks. We will see you there, or see you on another time.
There you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 72 is where you're going to find notes and the conversation about this episode, including Leo's awesome post about confidence in business. It's real short and real good. You should definitely read it. It's a great post. Um, Oh, hey, a note about the podcast. We switched to SoundCloud. We were on Libsyn before. Now we're using SoundCloud to host the audio um, because we think it's a better provider. But it means one little thing. You might need to update your podcast app. Uh, We've heard some notes, especially from people who are using Downcast and a few others. Uh, Simply search for the show in your podcast app, whether that's Downcast or Overcast or Instacast or Grammacast or Grammacast or Gimpacast or Duprocast. Whatever it is that you use to listen to your podcast episode shows. Um, search for Fizzle and resubscribe, and that should, cl- that should clear, clear everything up for you. Uh, thanks. Sorry for any inconvenience. We'll let you know how it goes hosting with SoundCloud. Uh, here's a review from iTown- iTown? iTunes. Five stars, she says. So, so good. This podcast rocks. My partner didn't think I would be down to listen to three white guys for 40 minutes. But boy, was he wrong. I love how authentic Chase Corbett and Caleb are. They tell it like it is, which sometimes leaves me feeling a little like, oh, crap, I have a lot of stuff to do. But in a good way. That one comes from, this is, I, I mean, your people's names in iTunes are, are just so amazing to me. This one's just called The Seasonal Diet. I'm sure that's, uh, that's, that's the website here or something, The Seasonal Diet. But, uh, you know... It's like I'll use my first name on Twitter, but iTunes, no way. I'm not going to trust you with who I am. My name means something. I love your guys' names on iTunes. Listen, I would love it also if you would leave me your crazy name in iTunes. I'm sure your super weird iTunes name. Uh, Leave us a review. Simply open up the iTunes app, uh, click on the store, and then search for Fizzle. You'll see us there, three white dudes staring up at you, so hopeful, eager longing for some of your clicks and wiggles maybe a, maybe a couple nice words you could say about us maybe bad words I don't, you know I'd love to hear what you have to say it means the world to us when you leave us a review you guys because it helps other people find the show uh, and and it, if it's funny and if it's good we'll end up reading it out on the air heck even if it's real bad in a good way we'll read it out listen no matter how hot it gets or how hard you don't have to do this alone you aren't you're not alone you aren't alone So don't behave like it. Maybe give our community a try. We certainly work our butts off for it. Uh, Fizzleshow.co slash try. It'll get you six weeks free to be as a podcast listener. Find care. Take care. Serve hard. and Dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.